have you met Miss Jones? Someone said as we shook hands She was just Miss Jones to me And then I said, Miss Jones You're a girl who understands I'm a man who must be free And all at once I lost my breath And all at once was scared to death And all at once I own the earth and sky And now I've met Miss Jones And we'll keep on meeting till we die Miss Jones and I Hello, Howlers. You want to listen to this episode. You want to listen to it in your wife's underwear. You want to then go out in the street and dance around in your wife's underwear. Welcome to the first episode of Hell's Kitchen Cast, Jonesing for Whiskey. I am Chip Sella, a.k.a. Captain Chaos, and joining me tonight is the purple people eater himself, <laughs> Mr. Andy, Agent Andy Ant-Man Urquhart. How you doing, Andy? I'm nice and relaxed after uh, that nice intro there. <laughs> Andy... You want to do a short show. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm fighting it. I'm fighting. <laughs> What's up, guys? So, yes, this is our Jessica Jones podcast, episode one. Uh, I am Chip. That That's Andy. Uh, we t- It took us forever to come up with a name for this thing. We even ran contest, Andy. Yep. And still... We just didn't get anything that um, hit us right. Yeah, it just didn't vibe quite right. Yeah, you know, uh, I, I would say honorable mention to Yogi Zilla for and your and your brother for coming up with Jones and <laughs> for Jessica separately. Yogi had it on Twitter. Uh, Colin had it over on Facebook. Uh, my wife had suggested whiskey. And up until about, I don't know, two minutes ago, Andy and I were about to call it Hell's Kitchen Cast, colon, Jessica Jones. Yeah, which is just isn't very exciting. And it was like, it's like, damn, I, did, I hate it, but at the same time, there's nothing pithy that we can jump on on this show. Hmm. But then when I was like, well, we, you know, so we all said, hold it, hold it, hold it, Jones in for whiskey. Yes. Because whiskey Gold is a big part stuff. of this show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, well, you know, so if you're an alcoholic and you thought this was uh, an Alcoholics Anonymous podcast, you're in the wrong spot. But you should stay anyways because we're funny as shit. So. Or, uh, or if you thought it was a, a Whiskey Connoisseur's yeah, yeah, uh, podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is not that either. Although we do like, well, I definitely do like the, the odd tipple of uh, a nice, nice refined malt whiskey. Yeah, usually if it's some weird flaming drink or signature drink or a Bloody Mary. That's about the only time I drink these days. I had a very <laughs> good gingerbread martini the other night for with dinner. So. 
but yeah, usually I am drinking uh, fresh brewed, completely unsweetened iced tea. So <laughs> yeah, when I when I podcast, I don't tend to drink whiskey. Yeah, uh, that's that's when you that's get Ali. Uh, the clusterfuck forty two shows. Yeah, <laughs> and that yeah, that's Ali. Yeah. Speaking Although of speak of forty two level one, mm-hmm. I was on it last night, and Ali was surprisingly sober. Yeah, I think he was almost, if not completely, sober. He was he was on his good behavior last night, and I had a lot of fun talking with you guys. Yeah, it was a good show. Good show. So, um, since since this Agents of Shield cast is not broadcasting this week, if you're listening on all games, you get to listen to the first episode of Hell's Kitchen cast, Jones in for whiskey, but um. Because there was no shield cast this week, or no shield this week, we decided we're taking the week off, and we knew we were running this show. So, uh, everybody over at All Games, thanks for tuning in for our first episode. I hope you guys hang out for the rest. Andy, um, since since there is no shield cast, I wanted to do a little. Do we have any Marvel news this week? Um, we we have one thing, but I. Th- uh, I'll just mention it. People can uh, watch it, and then we will talk about it on next week's uh, Shieldcast, which is uh, the Captain America Civil War first teaser trailer dropped today. Okay, was and was that because it was on, on a on um what was it uh Jimmy Kimmel the other night? I I taped that episode. I haven't watched it yet. I, I have no idea. Like, I just saw that somebody tweeted about it. Uh, someone of all tweeted about it earlier on, and, uh, and I watched it, and it was good. I just but, was scanning me. through Facebook, and I see a scene where uh, it looks like Cap and the Winter Soldier are beating the shit out of Iron Man. Yeah, that was one of the scenes, yeah. Okay. But, um, but yeah, go on, uh, because a lot of people might not get a chance to watch it yet, so go go watch it, and we'll, mm-hmm. we'll, talk, about it. we'll talk about it on Shieldcast next week. I don't want to spend hours debating over a trailer no. no we have all winter to do that yeah so oh and here's more of it um <laughs> wow it's all over the place so uh and i had something earlier i i, I just don't remember i usually put it in our our uh, chat and i just must have blanked on it I did see that uh, Mockingbird is getting her own solo comic book starting uh, in a month or so. Just Thanks. for comic book news. And uh, oh, Grant Ward is be, has be, been written into the 616 universe. Oh, has he? Yeah, he has. Well, he was featured in one panel. It was uh, just like, it didn't show you that it was him. But it just it was a character drawn that looked exactly like uh, Brad Dalton. Okay. And, uh, and like it's suit, I assume it was in a suit. So he's been written into the six one six universe, and they've said they're going to do interesting things with him. Okay. Just go. So. Uh yeah, I didn't really see much. It, it's Thanksgiving week here in the states, so it's kind of a chill week on news, and you know everything's kind of shutting down for the year in the entertainment uh, industry, gamings. Every, everything kind of goes quiet in December. Yeah, everything after Black Friday, everything's just like rolling up towards Christmas. Yeah, and we're not even going to talk about Black Friday on this show. So, <laughs> I did order next, next week, huh? Next week, 
I did order the Phase 2 set. Ah, the orb. Nice. Yep. And that'll be showing up, I think, either next week or the following week. Nice. So that'll be uh, worth checking out. should unbox that. I do have uh, I do have one story on Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. If if you want to do that, yeah, yeah, may as well. It, it has started full production, mm-hmm. and the brief synopsis re- reveals that Doctor Strange follows the story of the of neurosurgeons neurosurgeon Doctor Stephen Strange, who after a horrific accident discovers the hidden world of magic and alternate di- uh, dimensions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's all it says. <laughs> it's basically as expected, eh? <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, it's but it is filming in London, New York, Hong Kong, Kathmandu, Nepal. So, uh, you know, they're going all over the world for it. I think it's kind of standard fare now. <laughs> like any of these kind of big budget movies, they're like, they yeah. shoot scenes here, there, and everywhere. So, um,. Yeah, I'm not. Like I said, I, I I didn't see much in the way of news, and like I said, I'm just finding this now, and it's jamming up my computer, so I'm going to shut it <laughs> as soon as I can. Um, but what we are here to do is talk about Jessica Jones, and we thought that before we do start talking about the show itself, the say. I'm sure you get the same question that I get almost all the time on this, Andy. Who the hell is Jessica Jones? All the time, yes. Anytime when I when I say, "Oh, I'm going to watch Jessica Jones," uh, or what like, oh, "Have you heard? Have you heard about Jessica Jones? This is coming to uh, Netflix soon." What the fuck is Jessica Jones? Like, who is it? What? Why is this? Why are people talking about it? Mm-hmm. Like, and it's it's maybe a slight like. Um, the problem that Marvel has is because it is a kind of gen- it's like a bit of a generic name. It doesn't really tell you much about the character or anything. It's just a name. Um, like obviously with Daredevil, Daredevil, everyone knows who Daredevil is because it's been it's mm. been around for years and there was the movie out before and stuff like that. And like Daredevil is like clearly a superhero name. <laughs> Jessica Jones is not, and uh, Luke Cage isn't either. But like Luke Cage has been around for a, a lot longer, so. He's had more of a chance to get his name out there, but like this, t- this with this TV show coming up, like Jessica Jones is getting a chance to get her name out there, and like a lot more people will know who Jessica Jones is by the end of this year because of this TV show. And like I would think that the TV show is probably going to be a lot of people's first exposure to the character at all. Yeah. I um. Well, she she isn't a well known character, and. I will say I I think Daredevil had uh, you know at least had what one two movies one was she, he in Electra at least I don't know no he, okay. he wasn't in Electra and do not watch that movie it's yeah. absolute shit <laughs> yeah. I mean it was he had one horrible movie he has been around since the sixties he is I want to say well known because a lot of people well, you still get who the hell is Daredevil mm. so. But uh, at the same time, he, he's probably at least two or three tiers above Jessica Jones. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. And you, you brought in Luke Cage, a.k.a. Power Man. He's been around since the 70s. He's probably a, 
at, he's probably at least a tier above Jessica Jones, but he's still below mm-hmm. Daredevil because most people don't know who Luke Cage or Power Man is. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll, we'll do a Power Man primer when uh, that podcast when, when we do that podcast. We'll, we'll save that for the Luke Cage uh, thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, but we did want to talk about Jessica Jones and who she was, where she's from, all that happy horseshit. So, she's a relatively new character to the Marvel Universe. Her first appearance was in a comic called Alias. And it's not based on the cool television show with Jennifer Garner. Uh, (laughs) I don't... No, I don't think it predates uh, Alias, the television show. I can't remember when Alias ran. But anyways, it was a Marvel Max comic. And Marvel Max was an imprint Marvel did where they took some of their characters and made them edgier, more adult, uh, sort of like the Netflix shows. You'd kind of have the mainstream Marvel universe in the te- in the network television and movies, and then you have the Netflix stuff. And, I mean, we saw how violent Daredevil was. Hmm. Um, so kind of taking a bunch of characters and putting them there. And I believe... She was the first Marvel Max comic. Um, I think you could be right there. I'm not 100 percent though. With uh, with regards to the Alias TV show, Alias uh, the TV show started in September 2001. Okay. And the first Alias comic came out in, in November. November 2001. So yeah. so it's like very close together. They came out and obviously like totally unrelated. It's probably just a total coincidence that they happened to come out at the same time. Although I can imagine that some people probably bought the comic thinking it was based on the TV show. Right. And probably vice versa. I can't say I've ever seen the TV show, though. It was a good TV show. It had its ups and downs. It had um, Victor Garber, from uh, who you know from the older half of Firestorm in the current Flash. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. He he was a spy slash Sidney Bristow's dad. And... Mm. uh, uh, the guy from uh, Bradley Co- Bradley Cooper was in the show as well. Ah, oh, cool. So it, it's it's a worthwhile show if you ever get a chance to watch it. It mm-hmm. it uh, deals a lot with like uh, Da Vinci's uh, crazy creations and an overall worldwide conspiracy, very Assassin's Creedy to an ex- to an extent. Mm. So, um. Anyways, so Jessica Jones uh, appears in 2001, and the first word on the first page of the first issue is "fuck," <laughs> and it is—it's uh, basically a re- the uh, the scene, the first scene in the television show is from the first scene in the comic book, mm-hmm. and she uh, punches a guy through the window of her her own. Uh, office so Mm. and she's a private investigator and she it's revealed that she is a former superhero but just really didn't uh dig the scene doesn't really go into why she got out of it she just wasn't Mm -hmm. into it and she just gave it up and wanted just to have a normal or as normal a life as possible 
especially for I don't I I don't think private investigators have that normal life. I may be wrong. No. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> and over the course of the first nine issues, I'm I'm not going to go through all of the issues one by one. That's not this podcast. This is a television podcast. We just want to give a primer. She she goes on a few interesting missions. Uh, the first one is kind of a it, it's a very noirish comic. I mean, it it's mm. got Raymond Chandler uh, overtones to it. It's it really feels like a um, it's it, it's just very atmospheric. And the first uh, mission she goes on, she's supposed to follow a woman to find out uh, who she's having an affair with. And while she's uh, tailing the woman and getting some uh, good intimate photos. Well, after the booty call is done, uh, her boyfriend uh, climbs climbs to the top of either the top of the building or out the window, puts on his mask and swings away. He's Captain America. Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And is that uh, the girl who she was following around? Her boyfriend was Captain America, yeah. Yes, or <laughs> she's Captain America's booty call, <laughs> and it's a you know basically a, some. And I I read this a few months ago, so bear with me. But basically, it's kind of a mission to uh, discredit Captain America, and uh, it, it's kind of a. Uh, uh, espionage intrigue type thing and you know basically she doesn't know what to do and then uh, eventually she you know doesn't give the pictures to anybody but in the end she returns them to Captain America and he thanks Mm -hmm. her for uh, being discreet there's a mission with Rick Jones where uh, there's a fake Rick Jones running around and Rick Jones is kind of um He's almost like a Kardashian to an extent. He's a pseudo celebrity. He's written a book, you know. He's written his uh, biography. He's kind of living mm-hmm. off the royalties of that. He's uh, performing with some uh, band that he's put together. <laughs> it, it, the first nine issues, I weren't that great. Okay, I mean, it was yep. things like that. Uh, we are introduced to her best friend, who in the comic book is. Ms. Marvel, a.k.a. Carol Danvers, a.k.a. Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. And she's she's kind of... Uh, it, it, it's kind of a frenemy relationship to an extent in the comic mm-hmm. uh, where both of them kind of get annoyed by each other but are also still friends. And Ms. Marvel actually kind of helps you know try is the is sort of like the black widow in the winter soldier trying to hook her up with dates as well okay yeah okay. <laughs> yeah but before we get to that one of the other things in the first issue is um jessica goes and goes and uh, meets up with luke cage and there is a very intense sex scene between the two of them. And it's it's basically a friends with benefits situation. They hook mm-hmm. up. 
they uh, bump uglies, they move on. She she does seem to have a thing for him in uh, when she gets in trouble later on. She goes uh, knocking on his door at three in the morning, and he's hooking up with somebody else at the time. Oh, so he she's a little uh, you know she's a little put out after putting out. Um, <laughs> And, you know, their, their relationship gets a little frosty. From there, they, they kind of... I guess what they did was they issue, released issue 10, but when they released the trade paperback, they released them out of order. And they put, did, like, 11 through 16, and then had you come back and read 10 with the final run of the comic books. Oh, I hate it when they do that. Just put it in the order that it was put out, or in the order that it. Well, sometimes they do it because it was released in the wrong order. Like right. sometimes the issue eleven should have actually been issue ten, and vice versa. It does happen in comics from time to time. Right. Well, I think if and I, you know, I, I read them all so all together, so they kind of blur, but. Yeah. Issue 11 through 15 or 16 deals with another mission where she goes to a small town. It's a multi-issue story arc, and she tries. To, she helps a family find their daughter. And, mm-hmm. and it's just a good story, but at the same time, uh, she and Ant-Man have been talking on the phone because uh, Ms. Marvel is trying to hook them up. <laughs> yep and so, so she and maybe maybe Matt Murdock helped because now she no she, not yet okay so uh, but she, she she does this uh, mission or you know this case and it, it's not bad it, it, it's good reading um, it takes a lot of interesting twists and turns and you know it's something that very easily could fit into the television show Mm-hmm. After that, that's when the comic sort of starts going a little more superhero-y. She goes on a date with Ant-Man, mm-hmm. and pretty much, and she starts bodyguarding for Matt Murdock, who has been outed as Daredevil. Ah, uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, and now she's working with Luke Cage again, and they kind of talk about their hookup, her showing up at his place. Uh, there, one issue is basically Jessica j- just dealing with her relationships, hers with yep. Luke, and then starting her relationship with Ant Man. Mm-hmm. And following this issue, we there's a there's a lot of non action issues. Okay, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it really sets up as a good television series because there's not a lot of crazy effects in this thing. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, once again, there's a lot of cameos by Ms. Marvel. At one point, uh, at well, Ms. Marvel actually uh, tries to hook her up with a mission with Kill... Uh, basically, there's uh, a bunch of families that want Kilgrave to... Ad- who is in prison, but they want him to admit to all his murders, including those of their family members. And Ms. Marvel tries to get her to do it. And this is where, and she freaks out. 
And this is where we start getting the backstory of what happened to her and Kilgrave. Mm. Yep. Um, but she does take on the case. Uh, there are multiple issues. Uh, she and Ant-Man hook up multiple times. There are bed scenes with Ant-Man, Andy. <laughs> so all your oh, fan, oh. all your fan fiction fantasies come come true, Andy. And it, no, but no, it's but a Hank, not with the wasp. Oh no, 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 no! It's Scott Lang. Ah, uh, yeah, okay. That, that's okay. Then. <laughs> and it, and uh, it, it's an interesting relationship. Uh, they did a lot of a lot of that uh, stuff. We also find out that she went. To, she was a classmate of Peter Parker's. And she had a crush on Peter Parker. Mm-hmm. We, and uh, she was there when he got bitten by the radioactive spider. She was one of the classmates that was with him at the time. She, uh, we get her origin in which basically she and her family are on a trip, uh, on a road trip to, I think, Disney World or so, some sort, such amusement park. And... She she and her brother are bickering in the back. Her father turns around to tell him to cut the crap and gets into a car accident with an army convoy. Uh, the car flips, crashes. A chemical from the truck falls off and into the car. She's in a coma for many months. And uh, over the course of the next couple of months, she discovers that she has powers and she becomes the hero Jewel. Um, so we should mention at this point mm-hmm. her powers, the actual specific powers that she has in the comic books. In the comic books, she can fly. Mm-hmm. Yep. She has super strength. And uh, super endurance, say, as well. Okay. It's not quite the it's not quite the unbreakable skin like Luke Cage has, but superhuman strength and endurance. <laughs> <laughs> well, considering what she and Luke Cage are doing, she better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's uh, it, it also say, uh, says in the article that I've got up here that she has uh, some sort of psionic protection, but I assume that she acquired this power after her uh, encounter with Kilgrave somehow. Yeah, I, I can delve into that a little bit here. Mm. So, at this point, uh, yeah, we, we've done the jewel thing. Uh they really don't go into the Kilgrave mission at this point. Uh, they go into that the following issue, I believe, and she and Luke are she's back at Luke's apartment again. Uh, she doesn't know where her clothes are. He explains that she came in a drunken fit and uh, puked all over the place, uh, flew through his window and smashed into his uh, uh, refrigerator. <laughs> Uh, she sounds like Hancock when you describe it like that. <laughs> and starts telling him why Matt Murdock is uh, the greatest human being of all time, and then puked, <laughs> puked, puked all over his place, all over his clothes, which is why she's wearing his shirt. Um. So she does have a drinking problem. The uh, it does not sound like they knocked boots that night. He just kind of put her to, got her out of her puke-soaked clothes and put her to bed. 
It's not exactly a turn on. Yeah, being, no, be, no. Being spewed on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Just keep that to yourself. The <laughs> um, um, story so, there. No, 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 no. <laughs> not. <laughs> Some things are better left. Uh, anyways, she she then goes through what happened to her. That she was on a mission. She was after Kilgrave. Uh, this is before her current mission. And basically, he be, she became his pawn. Mm-hmm. You know, she burst into the restaurant where he is because uh, he was causing a scene, and he basically took control of her. Uh, first thing he says, well, take off your costume. And she starts to do that, and she goes, no, nah, before you do that, go out and um, wreak havoc with the cops because I want to finish my steak dinner and then come back. <laughs> So he then kept her for eight months. Uh, basically, he would have her wear little to nothing. And he never had sex with her. Nope. He made her watch him having sex with college students. Which is just and, really, really weird. Yeah. Well, so uh, weird. Yeah, it's yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. Like, yes. So, what a creepy character. Like. And he made her beg him for eight months mm-hmm. to sleep with her mm-hmm. and made her cry and everything else, but he never actually uh, sexually assaulted her, mentally assaulted her. Yeah. He might call it a mind fuck, but other than that, yeah. um, never slept with her, but tortured her. She uh, was then after, and he would go on, Rampages, usually whenever Daredevil grabbed the headlines of the papers or the television news. And then uh, in one of these fits, he told her to go to Avengers Mansion, find Daredevil, and jam a rusty iron pipe up his ass. (laughs) And beat, beat up any heroes that get in your way. So she flies off to Avengers Mansion. It's the effect is already starting to wear off, but she can't control herself. She uh, blindsides the Scarlet Witch as the Avengers are returning from a mission, and then the Avengers beat the crap out of her. It all happens within a second or two. Oh, and the Defenders are there as well. So (laughs) (laughs) she's in a coma for a few months. They uh, use Jean Grey to pull her out of the coma. She then goes through months of rehabilitation uh, physical and psychiatric. Jean Grey is one of her uh, therapists, I guess would be the best way to put it. Mm-hmm. And at the end, she is offered a position to be the S.H.I.E.L.D. liaison with the Avengers. Yep. And turns it down saying, nah, I've had enough of this life. I'm just going to go and uh, do something else with my life. Yep. And I, I want to just uh, j- jump in at this point mm-hmm. because uh, there is a What If comic uh, for Jessica Jones, which is called What If Jessica Jones joined had joined the Avengers. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I, I don't know why I picked up this book, but like this, I think this was probably my first kind of um, experience of like coming into Jessica, uh, mm-hmm. of discovering Jessica Jones, shall we say? Um, and I just happened to like be looking for different things to read, and I bought this book on eBay like a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And I, I'd never, I, I'd heard of Jessica Jones as like Luke Cage's girlfriend, but I was like, oh, that sounds quite interesting because obviously Jessica Jones is just like basically Luke Cage's wife in any of the comics that I'd read. So I, I picked this one up and basically it tells you the kind of origin story and like say 10 pages or so of Jessica Jones with her being dual and then becoming the private investigator and all that. And then it's like, but what if she had said yes to the Avengers to be in the shield liaison to the Avengers rather than saying no to them at that point so then it kind of takes you into the a sort of the parallel what if universe where jessica jones has joined the avengers and obviously she ended up going on all the missions with him and basically being a full-time avenger but she would always say that she was not an avenger she was just the the shield liaison except she'd be on almost every mission mm-hmm. and she actually ended up um in this parallel universe uh hooking up with captain america and actually getting married to him in the end Huh. It's it's a really cool like uh, like little book and it, it gives you like a really brief but very well executed kind of explanation of her origin and mm-hmm. it's actually a great little read. It's I don't think it's on uh, Marvel Limited unfortunately, but if you do happen to come across it anywhere, it's uh, well, well worth a wee read. Okay, and this this is a good point to well we'll finish up uh, the the series. Uh, the the original series then we'll, then we can do some plugs and other stuff um in terms of the the ser- the alias series basically she goes to meet with Kilgrave at uh the is it the rock one one of the one of the super uh hero prisons right in New York mm. I can't remember. Um, there's the raft. The there raft. Is the raft. Yeah. The raft. And she tries again to convince it, convince uh, him to confess. He's completely far gone, and this is a great uh, moment in comic books. I thought he's saying, "No, we're all just in a comic book," and uh, <laughs> it, it, it's it's a great monologue by Kilgrave. Mm. He goes, well, you know, it's ju- this is just the way you're being portrayed. I kind of like the art style. Um, you know, <laughs> I the covers are kind of quirky. Uh, it it's a gr- you know, well, I, and I'm just a minor plot device. You know, things like that. And, yeah, uh, that's it, cool. It, it it was a gr- and he doesn't confess. She leaves. She goes back to tell the family she was she had no luck, and then uh, at that point. There is a massive breakout on the raft, and the purple man gets free within an hour of her uh, leaving the raft. And you know, people are saying, you know, she she's has a lot of self guilt about it. Turns out she she and the purple man had nothing to do with it. Carnage broke out, and the purple man was able to get free at the same time. But now, so is it, is that part? That's part of the breakout storyline then from the New Avengers. Okay. All right. I, I I would think that that's yeah. kind of where it's from. Okay. Yeah, because a bunch of villains got free. Yeah. Uh, she doesn't know where to go. She's absolutely terrified. She need you know. She calls her mom and says, "Go hide. Go stay with Aunt So and So. This, that, the other thing." She can't get a hold of any of her friends. Carol is probably off on a mission, uh, helping with the breakout on the raft. Um. And uh, she ends up at Scott Lang's apartment. 
he he just got he had and just after he's gotten back from the uh the battle and mm. uh she wakes up the next morning and Scott Lang is dead covered in ants mm. and the purple man is there and you know he goes well no he's not really dead i just made you, you uh th- i wanted you to see him as dead and you know he says i want you to see your worst uh nightmare and uh, she looks at and uh, it shows a a threesome between luke cage carol and uh scott lang <laughs> <laughs> oh man <laughs> so uh he, he starts he says well it's time to uh, you know for the plot to move forward come on follow me we need we need something to get their attention and they're walking through like times square and he just says okay everybody uh punch the person to your left and kill them and <laughs> just this giant riot breaks out and you know the avengers come and at this point there is a uh Jean Grey psychically contacts Jessica and says, you know, uh, well, you have the power to beat him. You know, you were worried about this. I put a psychic trigger in your mind and you just need to say the word, you know, we just need to trigger that. And she's immune to his effects. And basically, uh, you know, he tells her something and she just winds up and clocks him, taking him out. Mm. So... And that's kind of where the story ends. They recapture the Purple Man. Uh, follows up that she and Ant-Man have a talk. And she tells Ant-Man that she's pregnant. About three months pregnant. And he goes, it's not mine, is it? And she goes, no. And he, he looks very disappointed. Mm. And then uh, she, go, she goes over to Luke Cage's place he says, hey, I've been trying to call you. I wanted to tell you. I've just, I don't know. I have this, I seem to have developed this thing for you. <laughs> and she goes, well, that's good because I'm pregnant. And, goes, <laughs> and uh, he, 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 you know, there's a, cu- a couple of silent uh, frames on the page. And he goes, do you want to keep it? And she goes, yeah. And he smiles. And that's kind of where the uh, the first, I guess it was 28 issues, uh, mm. that's where Alias ends. She then goes <laughs> oh, on. I, hmm? Does he say Sweet Christmas at any point in it? I don't think so. No? I don't think so. I don't recall. No, I don't recall Sweet Christmas ever coming up. No. So. The the following book is called The Pulse. I haven't read it yet, but that was done in the mainstream Marvel Universe. She becomes a consultant correspondent for the Daily Bugle. Oh, she, she did a story with uh, Ben Urich. She, she and Ben Urich worked on a story together. Uh, for uh, it, it was a one-shot issue where uh, J, J, J. Jonah Jameson hires her to uh, find this the identity of Spider-Man after Matt Murdock has been outed. 
And she basically takes his money and keeps sending in expense accounts where she took all his money and would heard that maybe Spider-Man hung out at a soup kitchen. And she and Murda, uh, she and Yurik would volunteer there, and she bought like uh, six hundred dollars worth of pudding and put it on the bugles tab, <laughs> and uh, working with uh, kids in an AIDS clinic and things like that. And uh, uh, it, it's a funny issue, but it's a one shot. And that's the thing about this comic that was really refreshing is it really isn't superhero. It really isn't goofy. Squirrel Girl or Howard the Duck mm. or even the the recent Ant-Man comic. Uh, it was some really good storytelling and really good stories with people that had superpowers but had nothing to do with the usual uh, comic book tropes. Mm-hmm. Yep. So. Um, so that that I think that's a pretty decent primer for the Jessica Jones television series and if you want we can go oh you mentioned uh that the what if issue and you're not that isn't on marvel unlimited and not as far as i could see no but you know how it is for searching for things on marvel unlimited (laughs) sometimes things are are difficult to find if you look like certainly if you look for jessica jones it doesn't seem to be there okay there they do have as you mentioned and i took a quick look at it i didn't bother reading it because I wanted to get through the main story first, but they do have a Jessica Jones uh, collection of a curated collection of books that you can read on Marvel Unlimited of her various appearances and things. Yeah, and it's it's more kind of like books where she's had like appearances, and it's more related into like things that other things that have been going on, like in Spider Man. They do have the Pulse um, mm-hmm. on on Marvel Unlimited as well, which which is a, a decent comic. It's kind of it's kind of different though because you've got her more kind of try try to fill a reporter role rather mm-hmm. than anything else. I haven't read too much of it, but certainly from from what I've read, that's the the way it seems. And uh, but they do have a decent decent little rundown. It's they they call it a character close up, and it's her, her greatest hits. But most of the stuff is like they don't have the any of the alias book in there, un, unfortunately, no. because it's unlimited. They want they want it to be like all the kind of. It's books suitable for everyone, basically. So they don't have the max imprint because the the max ones are basically eighteen books. Yeah. Okay. Eight, like eighteen uh, age age rating, or they would be rated R, say in America. Yeah, they they have big, bold, explicit, not for children labels on the trade paperbacks. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean they they've got all the kind of all the kind of greatest hits uh, where. She, like the parts about her being Jew, um, her having the the baby, which uh, the baby's name ends up being Danielle, I think it was the called her, and her getting married to to Luke Cage, and the the really interesting stuff for me with Jessica Jones, and apart apart from that, what if like from where I've read her was during the Civil War, um, her, the dynamic between her and Luke Cage was really interesting because I, I'm sure um, it's been a couple of years since I read it, but they ended up on different sides of the Civil War, didn't they? I don't think so. I Didn't well, he tell her to take the kid and go? Yeah, because she kind of ended up going to Carol Danvers and like to go and be with Carol Danvers and uh, Tony Stark. And Luke Cage was obviously operating mm. the new Avengers and they were all 
like they they were on Cap's side along with Daredevil, and they were like in a secret hideout and all this sort of mm-hmm. stuff. So, but no, it was uh, it, it was a really interesting dynamic. And mm-hmm. but yeah, for the most part, I like when I've read Beyond of Jessica Jones. She's an interesting character, but she's always been just Luke Cage's wife, or uh, well, Luke Cage's wife and the mother of Luke Cage's kid. And uh, obviously we have uh, Squirrel Girl was their nanny as well for when they happened to need a nanny because she did like help out from time to time with like some superhero-y type things with Luke Cage but she would for the most part try to not get involved with it. She would steer clear of it for the most part. Um, the, the other thing that I wanted to mention as well, um, out with the comic books, now obviously there hasn't been a Jessica Jones TV show before, and I, I'm not 100% sure if she's ever showed up in any of the cartoons or anything like that. However, there is an episode of Avengers Mightiest Heroes, which is uh, it basically features the, the uh, Purple Man. Okay. And it's actually, like, uh, I, I remember about it just when we started recording this episode, and I was like, I need to bring this up because it shows you just, like, how dangerous the purple man is and Ali actually brought this up on 42 level 1 we were talking about last night like his power set if he controls the wrong the, the well the wrong or the right person depending on your point of view is incredibly like dangerous to, uh, to the entire world and this is where this comes into play so this episode is uh, it's if if you're looking to like look it up, you can find it on YouTube. It's uh, season two, episode nineteen of Avengers: Ultimate Heroes, and this episode is called Emperor Stark. Okay. And basically, basically, what happens is the Vision in the previous episode uh, got damaged, and then after a month of being dormant for repairs, he wakes up and he finds the entire world under the control of Tony Stark. And what's happened is Purple Man has taken control of Tony Stark, and he's using Tony Stark as his puppet. And obviously, Tony Stark has unlimited money, and he can build all the suits of armor. And he, Tony Stark, has basically created a totalitarian state where he is in charge of everything. <laughs> and it is—it's really interesting to see, like, how like dangerous the Purple Man could be in this situation, because he could basically take over the entire world by just taking over one person. Right. So it's a really, really good episode, well worth checking out. And it, it's cool the way they portray the Purple Man and, and his power set and everything. And he is he is very, very purple in the episode. Like I don't mm-hmm. I don't know um I, I obviously and certainly I've only watched the first episode so far and Purple Man's only featured fleetingly and we'll get to that, but um he is like basically painted a painted purple man in, the, in this episode of the, the cartoon and as a cartoon, so Yes, and in the comic, he is purple as well. In fact, it gives a brief uh, synopsis of his origin. Uh, basically, he got doused in some type of chemical, I believe, and yep. uh, it turned his skin purple, and he exudes some type of pheromone that allows him to control people with his voice. How, how was it he got, um, he got his powers in the comic books? That's what I just said. <laughs> no, 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 no. But no, but who, who was it? Like the those them in the chemicals? Because I'm I. It was a very brief synopsis. Um, and I'm not remembering now, but I can pull it up quick. <laughs> because because I'm sure that, and certainly in that episode, I'm sure it was like Hydra that ended up dousing them in 
it was like Hydra or AIM or somebody. A physician turned international spy. He was sent to infiltrate a chemical refinery during the mission. He was accidentally doused in uh, with a chemical that turned his hair and skin purple. Hmm. Um, and but he was a yeah, he was basically a physician physician turned spy. Okay. And uh, his his first appearance was way back in 1964 in Daredevil number four. (laughs) So he's been around for a long time as well. And it's kind of interesting that he has become like Jessica Jones's like uh, main adversary Mm -hmm. when he was a Daredevil villain that they essentially repurposed. Yeah. A couple other places where you can find Jessica Jones. Uh, She's appeared in a couple of video games. Mm-hmm. She has appeared in Marvel Heroes, uh, and she's voiced by Mary Elizabeth McGlynn. She's one of the heroes for hire that Luke Cage can summon in-game and specializes in tanking as well of as well as area of effect uh, attacks. She's in the Marvel Mobile Marvel Car- Marvel card game Marvel War of Heroes. I've never tried that one. Um. She is a playable character in Lego's Marvel's Avengers, mm-hmm. which is yep. coming out in January. January? Yeah, January. Yeah. Uh, she is going to be available in Marvel Contest of Champions as a playable fighter. Uh, mm-hmm. Actually, the current storyline in there uh, features her and Luke Cage and Mr. Fix-It. So. Isn't isn't she coming to uh, Future Fight as well? And she is uh, in Future Fight, and it's the live yeah. action version of her. Yeah, I just have I've stopped playing Future Fight. <laughs> I got <laughs> yeah, kicked I from our that. alliance, you know. I oh, was, did you? Yeah, I went in there, and I'm no longer in the alliance, and I was the only one with uh, kick abilities. But I guess because I hadn't played in a couple of weeks, it just mm. automatically kicked me out. So. Oh, uh, that's all right. So the B team, the B team alliance is now being run by someone else. <laughs> there, there was some guy that was bitching. Yeah, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, why don't we get it? Uh, why don't we get it right into episode one? I mean, we've spent forty-five minutes talking about the comic and everything else, so we might as mm-hmm. well get into the first episode. We are going. We are planning to do this slightly different than Shieldcast. It's not going to be a frame by frame synopsis, and he's going to keep it short. Yep, I have. You want, I have you want to brief... keep this short, Andy? <laughs> oh yeah, I have. A, rather than a synopsis, I have an overview, which is like is a, a better uh, way of, okay. of saying <laughs> overview um, away. Overview away. Yeah. So the first episode, uh, season one. Well, we don't know if we'll get a season two of this, but we'll see. Um, first episode of Jessica Jones, season one, episode one, is called AKA Ladies' Night, which <laughs> relates to something that does happen in, mm-hmm. in the episode. So in, in this first episode, we are introduced to Jessica Jones, who is a private investigator, and we see her investigating cheating wives and creeping around in dark alleys. And we're also introduced to Luke Cage for the first time, seemingly... Jessica seems to hang around his bar but never comes in until today because it's ladies' night. And I liked the, the kind of first shot of like Luke Cage when he's like up in his, his bedroom and they've got him in his yellow T-shirt mm-hmm. all, all illuminated and he just looked so cool. 
He's still we, he's still a little too thin and a little too tall for what I consider Luke Cage, but yeah, I'm happy with him as Luke Cage. Like we know they they kind of move things around a little bit in the mm-hmm. in the cinematic universe. Like for him to be slightly taller and slightly less like built, say, and 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 the and the. Cinematic Universe, I'm totally fine with that. And I still would have liked to see Terry Crews playing him, but I can understand why they didn't go with, with him because it, it might have been difficult to take him seriously in this universe because of how gritty and noir-esque this uh, tight, well, they certainly the Hell's Kitchen shows are. <laughs> And that's like that's the that's the kind of impression you get straight off straight off the bat in this first episode. It's very noir, very dark, and like the music and everything, it sets like a dark kind of jazz, like dark smoky jazz club kind of mood to it. Um, Jessica Jones and Luke Cage knock boots, but uh, Jessica Jones leaves very quickly afterwards. <laughs> I feel quite sorry for Luke Cage when that happened. Because he, he was like, he seemed to kind of want to uh, get to know her a bit better, and she's just like, nope, away, bye. And we also, she also gets approached by a couple whose daughter's gone missing, and when she investigates, she finds out that the girl has dropped out of college and moved out of her apartment to be some guy. And she also finds out that this girl had bought laundry and dined at a restaurant with a man who was able to convince staff to give them the best table and a vintage bottle of wine on the house. And throughout the episode, it should be mentioned that Jessica has kind of these kind of purple flashes, and she also, and when she has these, she repeats a few like street names. She ultimately decides <laughs> to run away, and they should they don't kind of quite go into what's happened at that point. But she decides to run away, and she visits her friend uh, Patricia, who in the comics is Hellcat, yep. to ask her for money. And in this uh, in this one, she is a well, she's a TV personality. What is it, a chat show host, I think she is? I think it's a radio show. Oh, is it a radio show? I, th- okay. I thought it was radio. Okay. And they talked about, what was it? They talked about booking, talked about booking uh, Channing Tatum. Cham Tatum and uh, Madeline Albright. Mm. So she asks her friend for money, but uh, Trisha convinces her that she needs to help this girl first. So Jessica finds a girl in a hotel room that she once stayed in with this guy Kilgrave, and uh, she takes the girl back to her parents um, with a little bit of a struggle because <laughs> uh, seemingly this guy has the absolutely mm-hmm. <laughs> seemingly this guy has like absolute mental control over this girl and she's told her to stay where she is and she ends up like she's wet the bed and everything because she doesn't want to move. She's really convinced that she should. Do exactly what he says. Yes, he has told he has told her don't move, and so she has stayed in the same spot, or at least in the bed, for the last seven hours and thirty one minutes. Mm-hmm. And yes, that that was, and it was like uh, she goes, I can't move, and I've wet the bed. <laughs> I was yeah. like, whoa, okay, <laughs> yeah. TMI, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks for sharing. <laughs> Yeah, so she takes the girl back to her back to her parents, and everything's all happy. They're reunited, and uh, Jessica watches them leave in a lift or an elevator, as you would, as you guys call it. Mm-hmm. And as the door closes, uh, Jessica sees the girl grinning and pulling out a gun. And 
she hears a couple of gunshots and uh, Jessica runs to the bottom of the stairs. The lift doors open and the girl's standing there over her dead parents. She's just killed both her parents and then she kind of snaps out of the control of of uh, this guy Kilgrave and realises what she's done. She's just murdered her parents and obviously bursts out into tears. And Jessica Jones then leaves. <laughs> and, and that's pretty much the gist of what happened in the episode. Oh, so, j- really, she leaves, she gets to the cab, and then she realizes she's the only one who can do something about this and turns around and walks back into the building. Yeah. So so she goes back to the scene. A um, couple things I wanted to bring up here. First of all, I love the way the show opened with a very noirish. I hate that word, but uh, <laughs> quote, you know, New York, the city that never sleeps, but it sure sleeps around a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I, 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 that just, that just, uh, when I was doing the second viewing today, I was like, I liked that the first time. I even liked it more the second time. Um, you did the overview. There's, uh, and we can kind of just kind of go through, and I think. Uh, we forgot to mention that we meet Carrie Ann Moss early on and that she is an attorney mm-hmm. who has hired Jessica for various uh, cases over the last, you know, for, for a while. And she's a source of revenue for Jessica. But Carrie Ann Moss plays Jaron uh, Hogarth. And that is yep. a... It's a uh, regendering of a character from the Marvel Universe. And I think his name in the comic is Jared or maybe uh, Jeremy or maybe it's Jaron. I don't know if Jaron is uh, male and female, Uh, Hmm. but we'll just call him Jerry. Jerry Hogarth, who is Daniel Rand's attorney and advisor. Um, and she plays a hard-assed attorney. She is the named, the lead name partner of the law firm. Mm. And, uh, apparently she is having an affair with her, uh, was that in the first one? Yes, it okay, was, because okay. I've only seen the first episode, okay. and I definitely saw that, yep. <laughs> yeah, but then we also meet her wife later, who yes. comes to take or, her to dinner. Was it her wife? Yeah. It well, is it, her it, wife. Is, okay, I, I don't, I, that definitely wasn't clear in the first episode. Yeah, that, that gets clear in the second one. <laughs> <laughs> um, you mentioned that Trish Walker, I, I hate that they're using Trish. I really do. Um... Do you mean you hate that they're using the character, or you hate that they're using like her being called Trish? I hate her them using calling her Trish. Okay, but I mean, I'm sure that's what they call her in the in the comics now. Patsy. No, I don't think they call her Patsy in the comics any, anymore. And they call it's her not, that in the Defenders. The recent Defenders. Uh no, back in when I was reading comics in the seventies yeah. and eighties. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it, it, I don't know. I I mean, I'll have to 
I'll have to look into that. I mean, I haven't read uh, anything with Hellcat in it in ages, but uh, you know, she and we're not going to do a Hellcat. Prim- Maybe we'll do a Hellcat primer down the road. But uh, if she gets her own TV show, then yeah, definitely. Well, I don't want to spoil <laughs> things. I mean, I've read yeah. I've read some of the Easter eggs that are coming up, and I don't want to spoil them. Okay, so we'll just leave it there for now. Um, in the in the scenes in the in the in the television show, uh, I don't think he is purple. In fact, I know he's not purple. But um, they use a lot of purple lighting when they do the flashbacks. Mm-hmm. Yep, for Jessica. So, uh, and I doubt, and I doubt they will ever refer to him as the Purple Man. I think they're just going to call him Kilgrave. Yep. Did they ever call Fisk Kingpin? Mm, I'm sure it was mentioned that there was a remember because they mentioned that there was a kingpin of crime, and I'm sure there was uh, it was mentioned in the uh, newspaper stories as well, the headlines, the kingpin of crime and all that sort of all stuff right. when he was arrested. But they never like I don't think anyone ever like went oh the kingpin is coming to get me or yeah. that sort of thing. Okay. Um, other things that uh, I thought worth mentioning in the issue, uh, in the issue, the episode. Uh, she originally is following Luke Cage uh, for to uh, for a jealous husband who thinks his wife is stepping out on him, mm-hmm. and we, and she is on. And this is where we first see her powers when she. Uh, is following either, I guess, the wife. She follows him to Luke Cage's bar, and then she jumps uh, like three stories up and lands on the cap uh, on the fire escape in order to get a position to take a good position to take photos. Mm-hmm. Um, she, also, Carrie Ann Moss has her serve a summons on a strip club owner who yeah, tries to yeah. get away, and uh, we see her. And he uh, tries to take off, and she just kind of lifts the car, the back, the car's back tires off the ground, so he can't get away. He then, she, she then goes to serve. Uh, he calls her one of them, mm-hmm. and yep. she's obviously, obviously, I mean, super powered yep. people. And she serves the summons and tells him, uh, watch it, or she'll melt his insides with her X-ray eyes. <laughs> Which was just another great line. Mm-hmm. Um, she does a lot of drinking. Yep, a lot of drinking. Uh, a reasonable amount of uh, cussing as well. Oh, yes. She, she has a very foul pot- potty mouth. Uh, I didn't think they were going to drop F-bombs in a Marvel series. I thought that was kind of over the line. And obviously it's not. You know, I think after after Daredevil and uh, slamming a head in a car door and all that, all bets are off. <laughs> like, they've not they've not gone as heavy with the violence in this show. They've gone more with the, the sexual stuff and with yeah. uh, the language as well. Yes, this and is I, a... I would think that that's how it play out going forward. You'll have... Slightly less violence and less kind of not so gore, but like yeah, definitely less violence and more, uh, more sexual stuff and uh, and a lot of potty mouths. Um, I think it's the right motive for this series. Mm. 
You know, I 100%. think Dare I think Daredevil lends itself more to violence. And yep. after reading the first twenty eight issues of Alias, that was more of a. It sounds like a you know almost comic book porn, but it was it, there was a very you know big uh, sexual undertone to the entire series. Mm-hmm. It was um, we have a television show over here uh, that was like, I don't even remember what the whole whole name of the thing was. I think Law and Order Special Victims Unit, where it was basically all sex crimes, and you know so it had that type of bent to it but it was on network television Mm. i think with this series and because of the way the the comic book the initial comic book was written um they can get away with doing this i think if you tried to do this with daredevil it wouldn't be right you can have Mm. you can have a sex scene or two in in a season of daredevil but I have a feeling we're gonna this this one's gonna have uh, a lot more booty calls and uh, you know this there is a sex scene between Jessica and Luke in here. It's not uh, implied at all. It is out there for everybody to see. Mm-hmm. And uh, at one point, you know, uh, during their coupling. Uh, Coit- coitus. <laughs> I, 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 I'm trying to keep it, trying to keep it slightly clean here. Uh, <laughs> you know, she kind of bangs her head a little hard on the headboard, and mm. he gets a little nervous, and she goes, "Don't worry, I won't break." Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, but I mean, the the main story we're we're not getting much of an origin here it's very vague but that's the way the comic book was until the last few issues where they kind of brought everything to the forefront um the so so there's a lot a lot more questions to be answered here but i didn't see the ending I did not see that coming, where the girl pulls out the gun and shoots her parents. That was like, holy shit. Yeah, it was a fantastic twist. Like I was like, okay, she's she's like achieved her goal. She's uh, managed her first kind of mission successfully. That's a good way to wrap the episode. Then she can move on to the next case. Happy ending. Happy ending? We all uh, like a happy but- ending. But no, no, they really wanted to flip the switch on it. And, and it was so well done. Like, yep. cause you just didn't expect it at all. Like, because you just, because of the way it was, like, she seemed like she was totally in control of, of uh, the, the pop man when mm. she was in that bed. And then when she was brought back out, she seemed kind of foggy and, and that sort of thing. And, like, Jessica even explained to her that you will get, like, you will be a bit foggy, but you'll, you'll come back around. And by the time she met back up with her parents, she seemed kind of okay. Mm-hmm. And she was happy to be going away with them and then killed them both. Yeah, and uh, there was something else I was going to mention now. I've kind of. Oh, uh, she is under the impression that the purple man is dead. You know, in fact, Trish Walker says, You were there you, when he died. You saw the death certificate. He's dead. Mm-hmm. And when mm-hmm. she realizes through investigating where this, what happened to this uh, girl from the Midwest, is. He's not dead. She freaks out. In fact, that's why she goes to Trish Walker because she needs money because she she's going to get on a plane and move to Hong Kong. Yeah. 
Get as so, far away as possible from uh, yeah. from him. She is totally freaked. But then uh, guilt gets the best of her, and she goes and rescues the girl. Mm-hmm. Um, I really liked the first episode so much so I think we watched the second one. Uh, we've already watched the second one once, uh, and I wa- want to watch more. I actually have to watch the second one a second time. There's a lot in this uh, series where you got to pay attention. I think there's mm. uh, there's a great story here. I don't like Kristen Ritter's voice. She kind of comes off as a whiny millennial to me. You, you know, I, I, I was kind of worried about that going into this because she was a, she was very, very whiny in mm. uh, Breaking Bad when she was in it. And I didn't like the direction that her character pushed Jesse's character in in, in that show. And I'll, I'll not not give any spoilers for that show. I think Ali did a good job of that on uh, on Forty Two last night. But um, it, it, in that, it was hard for me to like take her seriously as Jessica Jones until like I saw the first episode and saw her playing Jessica Jones. And I think she's actually done a great job of of the character. It's it seems very different from the comic books. Like, she doesn't seem as quite as sure of herself and things like that. And she seems a lot more kind of out there. And I would say more forward than uh, the character does to me in the comics. But obviously, most of my, what I've read of her in the comics has been of her as a mother and a wife. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is very, very different from where she's at at this point in time. She might get there, like, down the road. But I I thought she's seemed like a really good character from this first episode she seemed really strong and i don't mean like physically like i mean like strong and uh strong will say see i th- i think she's you know uh one uh bad news phone call away from a complete breakdown i mean this is a woman that is drinking heavily mm-hmm. um Engaging. She's just having it. She's just just living her life. Yeah. <laughs> she's got a very fucked up life, but you know she's, she's, she's uh, making the best of it. it, it it's you know it's it seems like a miserable existence. She lives and sleeps in her office. Her office is her apartment. Yeah. Um, you know, there's no lock on the door. <laughs> well, yeah, since uh, she punched the guy through it, she's got noisy neighbors. Um, you know, uh, she just kind of goes out and has uh, random sexual encounters. She seems to have no self-esteem whatsoever. Um, she's just not a likable character. By the way, I just looked up uh, on Wikipedia to find out. She's 33 years old. She does not look 33. She looks like she's <laughs> early 20s at best, but... Um, and well, they can do a lot with makeup these days, <laughs> yeah. and and she's not related to John Ritter either, um, which I don't know if you know who he is, but he was a uh, sitcom t- television star. Yeah, the name yeah. totally rings a bell. I'm sure I've seen him in many things. Yeah. So he was uh, the British remake of, or the American remake of Three's Company. What uh, starred him back in the seven. 70s 80s so um we just keep references to my old age <laughs> I hate it. uh but uh 
I, you know. Uh, oh, I know John Ritter. Okay. John Ritter was the dad in Eight Simple Rules. That's where I know him from. Okay. <laughs> and obviously, he 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 died during filming of the. Well, uh, he died during filming of that show, and uh, they had to yeah. write him out yeah. as the the dad that died. It was yeah. incredibly sad episode of that show, <laughs> which was a comedy. Yeah. Uh, so anyways, that guy was a great actor. So he was uh, John Ritter, really good actor. <laughs> yeah, he, he, John Ritter was awesome. His yeah. <laughs> son uh, Jason Ritter has been in a few things I've seen over the years, hmm. um, and he's very good. So I, I figured this was Jason's sister. No, it, it's not. Um, but overall, she's not a likable. I don't like her, but I don't think we're <laughs> okay. supposed to like her. I think she's supposed to be. Uh, surly, angsty, alcoholic with a lot of ang- issues and anger Great. issues. And, she's very aggressive. And, you know, she's been de- dealt a shit hand. She has a shitty outlook on life. And she's going to shit over all over everybody. She is not a good friend. <laughs> she's not somebody that, you know, uh, she's not going to talk to you for months at a time. Uh, we'll find out more about her relationship with Trish Walker uh, coming up. You know, uh, she, uh, Jaren Hogarth, you know, Jaren Hogarth at, in this episode when she's trying to get money for, you know, she's trying to get paid so she can leave for Hong Kong says, that's not, you know, you got to wait for the check to be uh, issued. I'm not giving you an advance. Go ask your friends. I don't have any friends. Mm-hmm. Yep. And there's a reason she doesn't have any friends. It's because <laughs> she's just nasty. Um, although the- it, it seems like she's she's kind of shut herself off from everyone else. Like after after the traumatic thing that happened to her, which they they don't quite cover in in the first episode. They kind of hint on it, like mm-hmm. the the Kilgrave was involved with her and and things like that. And but they don't quite come out and tell you fully what exactly happened and it would i would assume that that they'll build on that over the season and there'll be a kind of reveal say as to what happened i would assume it will be similar to the way it happened to the comic books because there is a lot here that's lifted straight from the comic book pages there is um but well like i said a lot of it so far has been the last six issues of the comic hmm so, but I mean, and they can use, they can probably use some of it as, uh, f- for, uh, fodder, uh, for other episodes, like the whole Midwest thing. Um, it'll be interesting. We were going to have my wife on tonight and she's got a cold, uh, cold right now. Maybe we'll do it on an uh, upcoming episode. Uh, this, the series that we got on Netflix is very different than the original series pitched to ABC a few years ago. And that's where my mm-hmm. wife first heard of Jessica Jones. And she mm-hmm. actually had bought the trade paperbacks years ago mm-hmm. based on what she heard about the original television sh- show. So they've been sitting in a box and un- until, you know, the Netflix thing. And we both read them to bone up on it for this. But overall, it's a very different sh- it, to an extent it's a very different show from Daredevil. It'll be interesting to see what they incorporate from the Marvel universe and 
where it goes. Because you got to remember, this is also leading up to A, Luke Cage, and B, the Defenders. And I did, one of the articles I read was uh, Daredevil got uh, renewed for season two 11 days after it aired on Netflix. (laughs) So... If the so we could expect something in the next couple of weeks, hopefully, as to whether or not uh, there will be Jessica Jones season two. But one of the things I also read from the showrunner was the problem is they are under contract a contractual timeline as to when the Defenders has to come out. Yep. So whether or not they can squeeze season two of Jessica Jones. Before or after the defenders remains to be seen. Yeah, and I mean, there's obviously we we speculated on it before that she might just end up getting rolled into the Luke Cage series going forward. Yeah, and while while I still like that idea, and I think you should call it uh, either Luke Cage and Jessica Jones, or some, you know, you know, Power mm-hmm. Man and Jewel, whatever you want to do, yeah. something like that. Um, at the same time, I think Marvel needs to worry about their image. And what their biggest criticism over the last few years is that they don't have enough, uh, you know, there is no headlining uh, female uh, Marvel movie set yet. Up until, yeah, well, well, I mean, we got Captain it, Marvel, but coming. It is diversity. Like, the diversity, as far as the main players go, is very, very lacking. And Jessica Jones is actually probably the most diverse show outside in terms of like the the uh, the characters that are in it outside of Agents of Shield. Like Agents of Shield is pretty good mm-hmm. with its diversity. There's plenty of like strong female characters. There's like all nations are represented there. There's somebody for everybody there. And Jessica Jones is doing it well as well because you've you've got Luke Cage in there. You've got obviously Jessica Jones herself, and then you've got as well which um. Carrie Ann Moss's character, which I believe is the first gay character in the MCU that we've seen. Certainly um, a kind of main player. Yeah. Or a, like a featured character. So yeah, I, I think there might have been one or two in Ain't Shield popped up over the Joey. seasons. But... Joey. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Joey. yeah. But he's not ex- he's not been no. featured very much no. as of yet. We don't know a lot about him apart from, from his Facebook page. So... But... I think that's it, Andy. I, we will be back with season, uh, episodes two and three next week. Yeah, and we, I, th- I believe we did get a couple of tweets about... Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> about it, it, the first episode. <laughs> first, first episode jitters, guys, you know? I mean... <laughs> yeah, we did. You're right. I forgot totally about that. Like, messing with the different format and everything, so... <laughs> Let's see what we got. We had, uh, we did, like we said, we did run a contest. I get to keep all my crap um, because we. it's a tough show to name. Mm. So, uh, but Yogi had come up uh, with Jones and for Jessica, which was close to what we went with. I'm sure it's been suggested, but come on, too easy. That's part of the problem. I think it was too easy. You were mm. the for- first to come up with that, though, Yogi. Uh, Stephen Elmy said, a.k.a. JJ and AC podcast. JJ equals Jessica Jones, AC, Andy Chaos. Best I could come up with after various fails. 
t- like we said, tough show to name. <laughs> yeah. But it, definitely, uh, definitely, you know, we, we took them all under consideration. Yep, we did. Uh, uh, and then we had uh, Joshua Newport also Jones in for a Jessica cast. I actually had come up with Jessica cast. Mm-hmm. And when we we going forward, we are rebranding all our Netflix ones as Hell's Kitchen cast, and then a colon like next year's season two of Daredevil will be Hell's Kitchen cast colon Men with Fear. Yeah. Um. So, so with that, the Jessica cast is a little redundant. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then Stephen Elmy has finished it. Jessica Jones <laughs> yeah. finale. And the withdrawal uh, symptoms we begin. Yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, we we don't want to say too much for that because obviously we ha- we are no one near no, the no, finale. No, no. no, no. Like I, I mean, for me, I've only watched episode one, no. so uh, trying to read these tweets is quite tricky because I need to. If it says anything to do with them, right? <laughs> like if, an episode that I haven't watched yet, I'm trying to just ignore what it says yeah. and move past it and um, we did however get uh, a tweet from Stephen Elmy about the first episode of uh, okay. Jessica Jones alright and he said oh my god this series is daredevil level awesome uh, immersed the whole time must watch more more <laughs> so I've, I've got to say I, I agree with him like I really enjoyed the first episode and I really enjoyed watching it a second time like a lot of the time when when I'm watching a like Agents of Shield for a second mm-hmm. time, I'm watching it to get the get like the synopsis and to like try and pick up any Easter eggs and like little moments and and things like that like that stand out. But with this one, obviously we're not doing like the same level of synopsis. I just watched it and really in, enjoyed watching the show and getting like kind of into that into the atmosphere that it, that it creates and it, it it just created such a good like noir esque feeling and they, they did such a good job of it like I really loved all the cinematography and everything in, in the episode so it did really well and it's a shame that we can't get ratings for, <laughs> for this show Netflix does not and has never revealed ratings for anything nope. that they've, they've ever had on their, their network um, I would say that with Daredevil, it was quite clear that it got massive, massive views because they, like we say, they've renewed it after what eleven days. Eleven days. They renewed it for season two. Yeah, so it was hugely popular, and there was like a whole the whole zeitgeist at the time. Like everyone was talking about it. Like Twitter was absolutely on fire with with uh, Daredevil, and you had people speaking about it and talking about it, and like, oh my god, did you see the scene with the car door? And like, holy shit, how badass is Kingpin? Even though he makes a shit omelet. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but and like uh, Kevin Smith did a whole podcast based on, on the Daredevil show. So we're interested to see if the same thing happens with Jessica Jones. I haven't seen the same sort of buzz for it, like certainly in, in release week, as as for Daredevil. But that was kind of to be expected. Like it's not as well known a name and things like that. But I think this is one that will kind of slow burn and people will watch. And as they get to watch it, they'll like especially like I think anyone that watches the first episode will be really hooked and want to continue on watching uh, season season two. And the way they did the trailers was really well done and a good introduction to the to the character as well. Exactly. Um, I was just looking to see if any news had come up. Uh, does not. Yeah. So it. I saw an article. They're not. They're not saying yet. I, 
I, I have a feeling this is good. Well, I agree with you. I think it's a slow burn. I think it's going to be something word of mouth. I mean, hell, you can't, you know, my Facebook uh, page is just littered with people raving about the show. Hmm. So, um, and I, I think as what gets out from like, because I mean, a lot of these, a lot of the people that will be watching it right now are like the hardcore Marvel fans that watch everything Marvel, like like us, and like a lot of a lot of our listeners will be as well. People that watch anything, anything that's in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, they watch it just to like get all the interconnected stuff. Like it, it's all connected. Yep. As we, as we, as the hashtag tells us. Yeah, and uh, I did see a, I did see a funny hashtag uh, this week when they were talking about why Carol, Carol Danvers wasn't in the show on the den of denofgeek.com and uh, their hashtag was it's all connected as long as the movies don't have to do anything. <laughs> right. Which I thought was very funny. So, and yeah, we'll we'll get we'll get into that, but I I doubt I doubt we're going to see Ant-Man in I would not in this season. I would very much doubt it. And it seems to me that they are going to quickly move uh, into the Luke Cage, Jessica Jones relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I have a feeling that, that you know, that's going to be excised because I doubt you can get Paul Rudd uh, to come in and... Uh, you know, they probably couldn't get Paul Rudd to come in, and I think that's going to be uh, kept out of the lore. We already have the fact that uh, Carol Danvers has been replaced by Patsy Walker. Yep. And you know, so it'll be interesting to see, and we will be able to kind of get it as we watch the show more. Maybe we can, you know, I'll be able to say, you know, I hate being that guy. It's not the way they did it in the comic book. Mm. But I think at some points you do have to uh, put that, uh, you have to at least discuss that as well. So. Yeah, and so far, like, they've done enough from the comic book that I'm totally happy with it. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly, they don't seem to have played around too much with her character and things like that, as opposed to, certainly her early days anyway, as opposed to, like, what they did with, with Ant-Man and just, Skipping over Hank Pym, basically, which always annoyed me. Yep. And she's not, like, she doesn't have a, a costume, really, per se, in the comics. So when she was Jewel, she did, but not when she, uh, not when she's just been a private investigator. She's just wearing regular, regular clothes, so there's no comic, there's no uh, costume to critique. <laughs> right. Not yet. <laughs> not yet, we'll see. <laughs> so, all right. And I have not yet seen episode two, so I cannot tell you what happens in episode two. I can, and I'm not. <laughs> okay. So, but we'll we'll get into that on the the next episode definitely. of a Johnson for whiskey. So, all right. So, Andy, when you're not drinking heavily and whoring around, where can people find you? <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell my wife. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you can find me, on, and I don't do that, by the way, just in case. <laughs> uh, you can find me on uh, 42 Level 1, which uh, brought, is a, a show all about uh, video games, comic books, and TVs and shows, and movies. We cover the whole zeitgeist. Uh, we broadcast live on allgames.com every Tuesday at 4.30 Eastern, 9.30 Greenwich Mean Time, and 1.30 Pacific. And you can find all our episodes on all the feeds, iTunes, Stitcher, all those places, as well as 42 level onecom 
and I can be found every th- ah, every Tuesday night as well, <laughs> same night as Andy. Just uh, we're in the primetime slot, 9 p.m. <laughs> Eastern on allgames.com on the B-Team podcast where we talk. We do talk some television shows. We talk uh, and a lot of games and tech uh, with my co-hosts Fred, Ryan, and Eli. Um, and, of course, Andy and I still do Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. cast. It will be back next week when the show comes back. We're going to be, God help us, doing two episodes. We're going to be doing uh, Hell's Kitchen cast one night and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. cast another night. But that will be back. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. cast should be back in the Friday night 8 p.m. slot on allgames.com starting next week. Mm. Um, Oh, shit. The other thing we didn't come up with is uh, Mm -hmm. an outro. Yeah, well, that's I thought you'd have had it in the bag, Chip. That's that's your. You know, yeah, I know. You know, I hadn't even thought about it. So, um, (laughs) yeah, uh, we'll save that for episode two. We'll see you guys. Bye. (laughs) I was about to shout, "Don't, don't you?"